0: Welcome to the Financial Advisor's Advisor, the podcast offering guidance and advice on all things concerning financial advisors, RIA's, and the practitioners. Brought to you by Elite Consulting Partners, it's the go-to podcast for any financial advisor in the wealth management business. Learn more and subscribe today at EliteConsultingPartners.com/podcast. And now, here's your host, Frank Larosa. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. This is Frank LaRosa, the CEO of Elite Consulting Partners. And as always, I'm here with my COO, Dale Dempsey. What's up, bud? Hey. Thanks for joining us. If you're new to the podcast, we appreciate it. Welcome. We hope that it's all very informative for you. Uh, this is uh, something that we've been trying to do for the last couple of months. And our goal here is really just to provide some interesting content we never know uh, where it's going to go because uh, the content that we really talk about is, is based on our conversations with advisors like, like you during the course of the week on topics that are that are on the, the sort of the front and center of the people that we're working with, our clients. We don't really have any particular direction that we're headed. We just really, it's all about you. It's all about the advisor and it's our goal to educate, educate you and answer questions uh, whenever they come in. For those of you that are uh, are are back with us, thank you very much. Got some great as usual. Got some great feedback. Awesome emails. Uh, please keep um, you know hitting the like button, as Dale likes to say. The only favorable ask is if if you find this information informative, uh, or you think that somebody else might find it informative, just do us a favor and share it. We really appreciate it. This is not a a podcast to um, sell advertising for some other broker dealer or some other firm it's just the two of us trying to really inform uh, inform everybody in the industry about what's going on. Dale how, you, how was your week? I was traveling a little bit this week as uh, some people may have known if you follow me uh, at Elite. Uh, I did uh, some tr- traveling down to Atlanta this week it was interesting. And Dale was back here uh holding down the fort.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we didn't get raided. We we
0: held, yeah, we held off
1: all the uh Anyone looking to do damage, but no, really, yeah, really. How was the trip in Atlanta? Because I we didn't we didn't get a chance to really talk about this. But you were you were working with uh team. a team, couple, yeah, yeah, a couple advisors down in Atlanta, and if I remember correctly, they're looking to go independent. Well, well I, that I, was so interesting. As I, so as so, I like to say,
0: yeah. So so here's so f- for everyone listening. So where we thought we'd go with with this today is is just really a, a conversation about what's been going on. We've, we've had a bunch of podcasts that are all about branding and name and building out your own office and the mailbox and all that stuff. But one of the things that we really sort of skipped over is this whole idea of even going independent, right? And, and what kinds of people do that? Is it right for you? Is it not right for you? And this sort of came up because as Dale was saying, I, I went down to, um, to Atlanta to meet with some clients as I, as I frequently do travel meeting with our clients just helps us really get to, to know you better and really understand your practice is almost as well as you would know your practice. So we can help guide you in the right direction. What was interesting is that this week alone, I came across like three different types of advisors that were all talking about independence in a different way. And so one team that we, we met with down there, Wirehouse Advisors, that were looking to go, looking to go independent. One of these things that they they never really thought that they would do. They, they they toyed with the idea, and they're like almost rolling faster than I can move with them because once they started to understand it and the benefits of it, they're totally excited about it, which is exciting for us.
1: So the benefits,
0: I wrote down five things,
1: but I'm just curious off the top of your head. What were the benefits? Yeah, maybe so like if, the top three. Yeah, or so for the benefits
0: know. for them, it was really taking for this particular group. Again, it's different for everybody, sure, right? But sure. for this particular group, it was really taking control of where their money was being spent. When I was in the wirehouse world, we used to say, you know, where's your where's your sixty cents going? Okay. And, and the whole okay. point of that was, you know, if you're getting a forty percent payout and the company's keeping sixty cents, what are you getting for it? And in this particular instance, they really just felt like they weren't getting. Anything for the money that the firm was taking to pay for events and different things that really their clients weren't going to be even invited to, right? So that was one driver and it just sort of frustrated them. The second driver for them was really being in an environment that uh, they wanted to create their own environment, right their their own service model, and although they could do that in a, in a, in a warehouse, they really felt like they couldn't make it their own in the office that they were in, in terms of design and, and, and with a feel for when the clients walk in the door and, and also, and then the, th- the third piece of it was their ability to acquire other practices, other choir, other producers as they grow. And even though their manager would say, Oh, you can, you know, we can go recruit people. You can't, you know, there's, there's so many more independent advisors and RIAs and smaller RIAs out there that it's just, there's, they're swimming in such a small pond that by going independent, they are able to, and they see now, they're able to really swim in a much bigger pond. And then the last one, which is really four, I know you asked me for three, but I'm going to give you a fourth, was their overall branding of their business. And as everybody, if you're listening to this and you're at a wirehouse, you know that there's pretty tight restrictions and limitations on what you can call your practice. It's got to be whatever, blah, 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 at- Morgan Stanley or at Merrill Lynch or whatever. Um, when you're independent and you what I call when you're in in private practice, just like a doctor or a lawyer, you're in private practice. You're in the real world, so you can name your business whatever you want to name it. And and so for them, they felt like we can really brand ourselves because they're they're known in the marketplace, and they wanted to sort of really take advantage of that. One of the things that I we do is we actually towards some space. Really, some interesting space, which is another interesting topic. You know, when you go independent, do you just go out and lease space, take down space, and buy furniture and all this stuff, and or buy a building? Buy a building. We have right. We have we have one client that's doing that right now. Right. Right. Good for him. Yeah. Uh, you know, in this particular instance, there's some really interesting space down in in the Atlanta marketplace that are sort of executive suite space. And for those of you that don't, don't know what executive suite space is, and it's sort of like WeWorks, but it's open, sort of open areas where you have your own office smaller than the norm, but there's a receptionist and there's, uh, they answer your phones and there's uh, uh, like a kitchenette areas and really cool space where you're, basically you're paying a little bit more in rent, but you're not covering utilities and all the other things. So it's it's an interesting way if you're thinking about going independent to break away and staying in some space before you really know where you want to plant your, where your flag is it's sort of like renting a home before you buy, right? You move into a town, Better off renting for, for a year until you figure out where you really want to live.
1: When you say open layout, was it, was it they have to put up glass walls and... No, open layout. Was, was so they killed? have their
0: own internal office, right? Okay. So there's, you can put two or three people in an office, okay, like a group, almost like a trading desk type environment, right? But then they have these uh, areas throughout the office layout that are you know, couches and chairs and uh, little nooks that the company built out so that if you're meet, meeting with a client and you don't want to meet in your small office, you go take a, a space in the corner. You sit on a the couch. There's a cafe area. There are smaller conference rooms that you can use as long as you know ahead of time your client's coming in where you can use that that conference room.
1: So in this particular instance, it's already built out. It's already right? built so one, out. One of the things they're looking, okay. Yeah. So, okay, that, that was the first
0: one. Yeah, Wirehouse, and then, and to, it, to Wirehouse to, to Wirehouse to independent, to private, or, uh, right. Which typically, you know, we call that like a breakaway, right? They're breaking right. away. Right, right. Um. The interesting thing about this particular visit down to the Atlanta marketplace is I also met with an independent advisor swimming upstream or who wants to swim upstream. What I mean by swim upstream is going from an independent location to a W-2 retail office. And his the thought process there for him, and this is one of the things we talk about scale, is because of the size of his production and the cost of his overhead, which also includes the health insurance costs, it really sort of the break even between what he would get at a I'll call it a regional firm, and what he's netting at his independent firm is only you know f- like five percentage points. So he's looking at this like at his at his age, you know, hit the bid a little bit, right? Get get paid to move to a new firm upstream, and you know, instead of instead of getting you know fifty percent net payout, he's getting you know forty five percent net payout. But he's got the cash from the move to offset the the difference. That was his mindset because of his particular situation and I think that's one of the things that everyone needs to think about is what is your particular situation? And I'll get into the third one, but for him it was an economic thing. But we're not done yet. One of the one of the things that we're also getting into again which we sort of because I was able to meet with him and really understand his practice is we're delving into with his CPA, because I'm not a CPA, but we're delving into the net difference after taxes with all of his write-offs, W-2 and 1099. Because although he might think the gap is not that big, after he does his all of his deductions from some of the things that he is able to deduct through his S-corp that he has, the gap might even be bigger. And what I don't want him to do as my client Is make that move without doing that analysis and realize it ended up hurting him, because even though he got money up front, maybe the break even on that money was only four years.
1: Is he late? Is he late stage in his career?
0: Nah, you know I would say he's not really. I mean he's fifty ish, right? Okay. I wouldn't call that late stage. I mean, geez, I mean I'm almost fifty, so I'm not (laughs) going to call that late stage. He's a young buck. I'm gonna. <laughs> he, yeah, he's. Well, that's not late stage. It's not late stage, and so a lot, a
1: lot, a lot of you folks out there work into your 80s. That's a lot, the beauty you know, of there, this it's business. actually, yeah, quite common.
0: All right, that's the beauty of this business. And so, you know, for him, he there was a succession or really a catastrophic planning issue, which we talked about on one of our podcasts. He didn't really have anything like that. Right. So,
1: oh, so he shores up the continuity. He shores up the potentially. It's maybe it's a lifestyle thing. Right. Almost, right, right. right? And then and the economics. Right. Okay.
0: Right. So that was an interesting one, right? Because that doesn't happen that often. And then the third one happened to be someone that I sort of just ran into, uh, Wirehouse individual. And, you know, we we were talking about that, you know, and he made the the comment about although he understands how the economics work, for him it independence is just not for him, right? And I admire him for that because he knows who he is and he knows who he isn't. And it's interesting because he, I'll call it in his personal life, but his personal business life, he's a risk taker. Not not a risk taker, but he's an investor. He's got some real estate. He does other things that are very entrepreneurial. Yet in his wealth management professional life, he doesn't want to take that kind of risk, and he doesn't mind knowing that he's leaving some money on the table annually. He doesn't mind giving some of that up because he also knows that if he makes a move to another wire-type regional firm, he's going to get a, a big check, and he knows that how the math works because he's done it a couple times.
1: But that, that's what makes him happy. Right. Right. So he's not the type of person to, ha- to desire – all the things that come with going into a private practice, right? right. Making your own decisions, running a, maybe running a and l
0: but always thinking about that in the back of your head, right? There's, there's a bunch of stuff. Yeah. That co- and he knows how to run a and I mean, his partner, they run multiple, uh, i call it a multi, you know, real estate investment portfolio where they have multiple rentals. So they're running P&Ls. They know how to do it. His partner's like a spreadsheet king. That's just not something they want to do retail. And, and you know, I think it's important to talk about because, So many people, all they want to talk about is why everyone should go independent, which is true. I mean, there's a lot of reasons why everyone should go independent. But I think it's misguided advice if someone's telling you to go independent without really understanding who you are and your business, because that could be really bad advice for you. Because if you're in a retail environment, you're what I call a practitioner. And although I know you might feel like you're running a business, you're not running the business. When you have to decide to buy furniture and that furniture cost comes out of your checking account, all of those things, then you're running a business. But when you just run down to your manager's office and say you need a new desk and, he, and it just shows up two months later, that's not the same thing. So what I, I call that as a practitioner. And I have seen situations where practitioners who were not ready to go independent go independent and implode. And I just feel like people are out there just pushing the independent thing, and um, I just don't think it's right for a lot of people.
1: Well, it's it's not right for everybody. No, it's not. But you do see a lot of people doing it. There is there is something to the fact that it's become easier to break away. Uh, at the same time, we we do run into folks who are all, not regrettably, but it's just the wrong direction they right. gone. And in, in, in your your example spot on.
0: Right, because they don't realize that they have to cover health insurance. And, they, and and there's ways around those things, but I just, they don't... It's like trade.
1: It's like trading stocks versus trading with a paper account, a fake account. Right. Because, because now you have a position. Now you have to actually look maybe a year out into the future with your business as a business instead of, you know, you know rent's going to be covered. Right. There's, you're less, at, you're, there's less risk, right? There's less risk.
0: I told this... Uh, Short-term this, risk. This, I told this Is one it? team, the, the one team that wants to go independent they made a comment about not necessarily wanting to work more. And I said, you'll actually work more, but it'll be, it's different because it's yours, right? You'll want to work more because the hours that you're putting in, even though you're building your own practice and you're in a W-2 environment, it's different. You're adding real value by growing your business and you get excited and you, you know, I mean, candidly, you know, they're already like, Texting me and emailing me that they've already come up with and developed their name and their image and their logo and and they're not they're not even ready to leave yet, but they've what i they've sort of gotten the itch right they've recognized it, and we see this a lot where once you learn, you get really excited because it's an exciting thing to do it's really exciting to run the business, and I just thought. I just thought this was like a perfect time, really, just to cover this in general. I know, sort of, maybe all over the place, but it was just an interesting week for for me because I talked to within a few days like three different versions of an advisor that where the topic of independence came up, and I just, if you're, you know, if you're listening and you're thinking about, is this right for me? Everyone's doing it. All these people might in my office, are going independent. Maybe I should be doing that. What, what I would tell you is maybe you should and maybe you shouldn't, but you got to explore with a candidly with a consultant. Give us a call, 856-316-4651.
1: Uh, Le- four, um, no, no, 4653.
0: Oh, <laughs> well, that's Dale's number. So you want to call me, <laughs> 4651, but you can call Dale too. I'll end up picking up the phone, <laughs> taking over the taking over the account. Um, but uh, you know what I would say is, and 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 they're gonna you're gonna talk to your buddy that went independent, and he's gonna and he's gonna tell you it's awesome, right? Because he because that's what he believes. But it might be awesome for him for different reasons. And so you want to make sure that you know what your reasons are and whether or not a move is gonna achieve your your goals. Uh, so w- with that said, we we appreciate you joining us. Uh, don't forget to go to uh, iTunes, Spotify, uh, wherever you're listening to your podcasts. Uh, hit the like button. Leave us, leave us some comments. Give us that five-star rating and uh, share it with your friends. And look forward to talking to you next time. Take it easy. Adios. Love you. You've been listening to the Financial Advisors Advisor Podcast, brought to you by Elite Consulting Partners, the leading experts in advisor transitions, succession planning, and broker-dealer and RIA M&A Consulting. If you're looking for strategic advice or solutions on any of those
1: topics within the financial services industry, or you just want to subscribe to the podcast, head on over
0: to EliteConsultingPartners.com.